Perfect Psycho Insane. My name is Emerson, and I thank you for joining me on this podcast. I want to let you know we discuss all things regarding mental health, both positive and negative, and that may include some triggering or activating thoughts. On this podcast, I speak openly and freely about my depression, my manias, and everything in between, and that may be triggering for some, if not all of you. I invite you to take a moment and reflect if you are in the space to hear what I have to say without it triggering or activating a thought process in your head that may not be safe for you. Your safety is a priority to me. I invite you to listen. I invite you to share. I invite you to stay. Thank you for joining me. This is Perfect Psycho Insane. Hey everyone, it's Emerson. I just want to give you a heads up. This one's a heavy episode. Hi everyone, it's Emerson. How you doing? I'm going to be honest. I've been better. Now, what's going on this week, you may ask? Well, tomorrow I celebrate a birthday. Not a milestone birthday, just a birthday. And I'm feeling the residuals of my childhood trauma. And it's stirring up a bunch of shit inside me. And I'm trying to take my mindfulness minutes from my therapist's advice and think, feel, do. But right now I'm hurting. So we're going to talk about hurting and where the hurt came from and how it got here and Maybe shine a little light on what's going on. Maybe I can talk through the hurt and the trauma and get to a place of peace. I was born on my mother's birthday. Her 42nd birthday, to be precise. And as early as I can remember, I shared my birthday with her. It was never my birthday. It was never her birthday. It was our birthday. And I hate that phrase. Every fucking syllable of our birthday. I hate. With every fiber of my being. Like right now, my skin's crawling. Because I dislike my mother. I do. The woman was a narcissistic, manipulative piece of work. And that's being kind. I remember my eighth birthday. And that was the birthday she decided to divorce my dad. The marriage was acrimonious. I've never known two people less suited to be together than my parents. How the fuck I was conceived. Dude, it's a mystery. I've never known such hate between two people as I did between my parents, except maybe my in-laws. And that, my friends, is quite the qualification. My eighth birthday, my mother decided it was time to divorce my father. And she told him the day of the birthday party, the family birthday party. She told him 
And he stood in the corner of my eighth birthday party, staring daggers at her. Daggers. He stayed during that party. He was unwelcome as fuck. But he stayed. I also remember that cake. It was one of the cakes, one of the mini cakes, where I blew out the candles first and she blew out the same set of candles five minutes later to her own round of happy birthday. That's what the family birthday party was about, right? Both of us. I was eight. I don't remember a time where I didn't share that 24-hour window with her. Even in college, she's like, are you coming home for our birthday? We should celebrate it together all the time, every year. How I hate that. How I hate that. Every year, it was just as important to her that I was with her for her birthday as it was as important to me to be away from her on that day. There are very few redeeming qualities in my mother, and I don't respect her much because I feared her every day, no matter what the day. So tomorrow, I will celebrate her birthday with my family, but because of the trauma of the previous 40 odd years, it's traumatic. My 16th birthday, I don't know what she had done in the days leading up to it. I don't know what she had said or how she had painted it. I had family calling all day to wish her a happy birthday. I was sweet 16 and nobody remembered it was my sweet 16. I got three phone calls the next day. Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. I forgot it was your birthday too. See, I was the forgotten one. And it's weird how I was forgotten. I was the youngest of 12 grandchildren, but an only child. And I was still forgotten. I was an afterthought. I was always an afterthought. Like, oh, is so-and-so coming? Being my mom. I refer to her by her first name, which I'm not going to share. She was a shit human being to me. Her friends will tell you she was the best. I have cousins that will tell you she was the best and she was the fun and she was the greatest. To me, she was the abuser. To me, she was the pain. She was the ache. She was the wound. And when that wasn't enough, she created all those same wounds in me. So as I mark another year on this planet, another trip around the sun, my husband 
said this to me tonight. It's like, why so much trauma regarding this day? Maybe you should talk about that. So I'm talking about it because I don't know why. Did I get gifts? Eh. If it was appropriate to her to give me a gift, sure. She didn't give me a gift on my 21st birthday, but I brought her home her favorite bottle of alcohol because I could finally purchase it. And that's what she asked for. Was she an alcoholic? No. But she did enjoy a drink. Kahlua, specifically. I have trauma from that woman. There would be days I'd get phone messages. Back in the day when there were machines before voicemail. Back in the day before cell phones. I'm old enough to remember that. I'd be out on campus doing my homework, doing my classwork, doing my stuff, and doing what I had to do for college. I'd come home, and it'd be like 1030 at night, and there would be a voicemail. Call me immediately. I don't care what time it is. What? I had elderly grandparents who I was very close to. So I called thinking something was horribly wrong. No. She'd gotten a credit card statement asking what this art supply warehouse was, what this photographic supply warehouse delivered, what was this, what was that, how dare I spend so much money? To which I responded, you're the one who told me not to take out a loan. You wanted the bills. These are the bills. I'd paid every semester up until that point on my student loans. I live a privileged life. I've mentioned that previously. Part of that privilege was I paid for a portion of my college. Not all of it, a portion. And she paid the rest with no help from my father because by that point he'd been absent longer than he'd been in my life. She paid the bills. And from that, she felt entitled to know and do everything in my life. I wanted a tattoo when I was 18. Don't you dare. I snuck one at 21. Told her it was free because I had a friend practicing. It wasn't. It was my 21st birthday gift to myself. I went out down to the local tattoo shop and got a little stamp put on my left hip. Four dolphins and an infinity symbol to symbolize my love for my husband. Today, that tattoo has been covered. But the infinity symbol remains. Now it's the roots of a tree that has grown the fruit of my children on my back. Long story. But I have a tree with footprints. And I used to call my kids peanut and almond when I was pregnant with them. So there was a peanut and there was an almond on that tree. That is my motherhood. That is my gift to myself. And I carry it on my back happily. But not late night phone calls yelling and screaming at me. Power plays done from hundreds of miles away. The moment she will tell you 
The worst decision she ever let me make was to go away to school. She didn't have a choice. It was away to college or away, period. I left and I spent my freshman year so confused learning to build relationships with people my own age for the first time. I spent those nine months away from her learning to become Emerson. And goddamn, it was a hard nine months. Then I came home. And this is where it starts getting dicey. She brought my manic, depressive, psychotic aunt into our home. Manic depressive is the old term for bipolar. This woman was so mixed, so psychotic, so delusional and schizophrenic in her delusions that she gave me and pushed me into my first documented manic episode. Before then, I had just had depression. Had it been hypomanic? I'm sure I'd had those. But it was my first taste of true, fucked up, screwed in the head mania. There it was. Her. My great aunt that my mother brought into my house and couldn't figure out why I wasn't well. My aunt moved on. She kept getting rejected from all the mental hospitals in the city because she was so psychotic. She made the entire ward psychotic. She wouldn't take her meds. She wouldn't do what she was told. My aunt was a mess. By comparison, I'm nowhere near what she was because I medicate every day. Religiously, I medicate. I went back to school my freshman, not my freshman year, excuse me, my sophomore year. And by a miracle, in about 12 days, 12 days, 12 days from today, I will celebrate meeting my husband for the first time. October is a big month for me, which is why I have a 10 on my back, because a lot of big activities happen. I was born in October. I met my husband in October. I married my husband in October. Um, 10 is a big number. But when I went back to school, I was manic. And I calmed down almost instantly. We couldn't figure out why. It was like I was really irritated and confused and then I wasn't I was fine again the nature of bipolar in the beginning a little bit here a little bit there a little manic normal long periods of normal even and then you're not well I met my husband and I fell in love And I'm not talking infatuation because to be honest, my husband's adorable. He's just adorable. Now people are like, text me before anything. 
like, yeah, text me because I may not be in the right frame of mind to talk to you. Text me because I need to know if it's going to be an okay conversation or if you're about to bite my motherfucking head off. Because that's what she did. We'd be talking and all of a sudden we'd go from zero to 60 and my head was gone. The praying mantis had nothing on my mother. I routinely hate my birthday. I routinely have trauma from my birthday. And I routinely fuck my life up around my birthday. But what else happens? In about 48 hours, maybe 72 hours, it all passes because the day is over and I don't have to deal with it for another 365 days. And believe me, I don't. So what's your trauma trigger? We all have them. If you've been involved in trauma, especially childhood, we have a trauma trigger. Everybody's got a trauma trigger if they've been traumatized. What's yours? Mine's a mild-mannered conversation that's going off the rails faster than I can say, what the hell? I used to work in a call center. And I had one guy putting a power play because he was on hold. Well, I'm sorry, sir. It takes a while to get to a human being and there's nothing I can do about that. I'm here. How can I help you? Hold on. Sir, I can't solve your problem if you keep putting me on hold. Hold on. And he'd put me on hold. So I'd call my manager. Can I hang up? No. He'd come back. Sir, I'm going to hang up if you don't participate in the conversation. Oh, I'm here. Don't hang up. This went on for 45 minutes. I hung up that phone after he accidentally hung up on me. And I bawled. I knew exactly what he was doing. I knew exactly how he was doing it. But he hit my trauma trigger. And I was fucked for three days. I cried. My manager's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. And I'm snot crying. I have tears coming down my eyes. I have snot coming out my nose. I'm sniveling. It was a fucking disaster. And he's like, you need to go home. I'm like, you know what? You're right. I do need to go home. I'll catch you later. I came back three days later. Having realized I'd been traumatized over the phone. I went to therapy and I'm like, what happened? And they're like, might need to go see the psych. We think you have PTSD. I had all the goodies from my mother. I had all the baggage from her. So here I sit, trying to process the pain and the anger and the anguish of a day that should bring me joy. And if it doesn't bring me joy, maybe it shouldn't bring me anything. Because really, it's just a day that marks the anniversary of spinning around the world once. I love my husband's. I try to celebrate his, but he doesn't care. My child, my oldest, doesn't care about their birthday at all. We celebrate it. They recently celebrated Sweet 16, which I'm like, 
hey, we got to do something. It's your 16th. It's something. Please let me celebrate you. I don't want anything. What are you worried about? Am I getting a car? No, you don't even have a license. You've never taken driver's ed. You haven't strapped in or turned a car on. Why would I give you a car? To which she was like, exactly. So what's the big deal? And then my other child. That poor baby is right after Christmas, but before the new year. So he's like dab smacked in the fuck zone. We try to take the tree down and celebrate his birthday for just him. So he knows that that day is his day. No matter how close it is to the holidays, that one day is his. Because it was never mine. How I wish it would have been mine. I share a birthday with the person who hurt me most in this world. The person who birthed me. The person who was supposed to protect me from all the pain and hurt and anguish. The person who was supposed to pop up the umbrella when the shitstorm of life started coming down on me. And what did she do? She shook her shit umbrella on me. I want to be the bigger person. I do. I want to heal and I want to be bigger. But when affection is a tool to make you behave and nothing ever happens on Wednesday nights because that was bowling night, no concerts. I'm not talking rock concerts. I'm talking no choir concerts, no band concerts, no orchestra concerts, no plays. No dance recitals. None of that could happen on a Wednesday because it was bowling night. Not the practice and certainly not the performance. In fact, there was one time I was in choir and band because I was trying so desperately to fit in. And they were back-to-back concerts on Wednesday. Like one Wednesday, the next Wednesday. She literally said, stop activities. I'm tired of missing bowling. Bowling. I will not go in a bowling alley to this day. I never lifted a finger to harm my mother. And when it came to the point where she was harmful to my child, we went no contact. So I never told her all the things I should have said. I just walked away. Because really, Do you know how to play a game with a narcissist and win? You don't play. You just walk away. I know this seems small, but to me, it's a lot. To me, it's one of the events that shaped my childhood and then shaped my adulthood. It has shaped how I parent my children and how I interact with the world. I know I'm privileged and I know you're probably sitting there shaking your head like what a privileged, spoiled brat. And you may be right. I may be a privileged and spoiled brat, but I'm working on it. I'm working to be better, a better person, a better mother, a better wife, a better partner. It's one of many things.
having to do with my mother. This was the quick highlight reel. And when you're raised with funds instead of love, this is what happens. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Perfect Psycho Insane. This is Emerson, and I thank you for your time today. I thank you just for being here. Knowing I am not alone is always a comfort to me. I want to invite you to use the resources I have available in case your headspace has changed in listening to me. Resources available are the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, They're at 1-800-273-8255. You can find the National Suicide and Crisis Hotline on your mobile phone at 988. Please reach out to NAMI at nami.org. They are the National Alliance on Mental Health, and they are my best resource, my friends. Thank you for joining me today. I hope to see you next week. This is Emerson. I wish you peace, love, and comfort, my friends.